You're watching Meet the Movie Press. And coming up, we're going to be talking about J.J. Abrams directing Star Wars Episode Nine, the crazy box office for it, and the Toronto International Film Festival. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Welcome back from... Uh, good morning, Simon. Toronto, good morning. Thank How you so you? much, buddy. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Missed uh, you last week. I mean, it was great to have Dimitri on the show. That went down really well. Yes, and thank you to Dimitri yeah, for thanks. stepping up. Yeah, we will be back, by the Filling way. Filling my gigantic shoes. Yeah. That's a ten and a half, mind you. You know what they say about a man with big shoes? Big socks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at the end Snyder. You're watching Meet the Movie Press on uh, AfterBuzz's Popcorn Talk Network. And mm-hmm. with me, as always, is Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at uh, ShowbizSimon. Uh, there's also a Facebook page, This is Simon Thompson. Uh, yeah, uh, who am I? I'm a journalist. I'm a producer. I'm going to be a filmmaker. An all-around good guy. Mm. And someone we're going to talk about the J.J. Abrams news right now. Star Wars Episode Nine. Did something happen? Uh, yeah, I was in the middle of Toronto yeah. uh, when, when I woke up to this news. People um, were flying. They were literally film journalists who were going like, I'm getting on a plane to drop. Ah! They, were, they were just like, ground the plane. I need, I need Wi-Fi. J.J. <laughs> uh, Abrams yeah. replacing Colin Trevorrow mm. on uh, Episode Nine. Not the most shocking news. No. Uh, what do you think of this decision? Are you surprised? Um, no, I'm not. I'm, disappointed? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not disappointed. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm. I suppose I'm a little bit disappointed because as much as I enjoyed Force Awakens, I, I did feel it could have been better. And I agree with you on that. I, I think for for many things that JJ has done, he can be very good at bringing out characters and, and cohesion and chemistry. I think one thing for me, apart from the fact that it was a retread of A New Hope, um, Force Awakens just lacked a little bit of the... The magic? The magic, the heart, the cohesion, the chemistry, the dynamism. Visually, it was on the screen, human character-wise. Yeah. Didn't, it wasn't quite there for me, um, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. That, that um, first movie, he had a lot of boxes to check, though, where you have yeah, to introduce a ton of characters. Absolutely. Char- you have to introduce the new generation. You yep. have to play homage, you know, homage to the old generation. There's a lot going on in that You've first film. You've got to completely film. build that so new world. It's, it's tough to judge him strictly on that, I yeah. think. But um, he's done many things that I do genuinely really like. So I think when he's on point, he's really on point. I think you have to be okay with this choice, um, considering how badly it could have gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that you know they easily could have given this movie to Ron Howard, too. Uh, and, and listen, Ron Howard's made some great movies. Mm. I just feel like he's lost his touch lately. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Han Solo. By all accounts, he's stepped in to rescue that movie. So um, I think if they needed a familiar face, someone, an adult, a grown-up who they could trust. Um, go ahead. We, we touched on this previously. I think they might be getting a little bit tetchy, like they perhaps had their fingers burnt lightly. And what they're doing now is they're just looking again at you know everything that they're doing moving on from here and going like, we just need familiar faces, safe pair of hands tentpole directorial name on there as well as having a movie that people want to see the so- the the spin-off stories mm. um i think that is where you can play a little bit and and gamble even yep. though they have done that and it has blown up in their face both mm. times uh, on rogue one and han solo i think i mean again you know we talk a lot about equality in this business yeah and kathleen kennedy I feel like really gets the benefit of the doubt um, because she's a woman. I feel like there's a lot of men who don't want to criticize her or don't feel comfortable criticizing her or hold back or something. Like, you have to treat her like a male executive. And if this was a male executive and this shit was going down on their watch, you'd be like, heads are rolling. Now, Kathleen Kennedy is also, you know, one of the best in the business at what she does. Yeah. And she also has delivered a string of hits for Lucasfilm. That is her job. Yep. And as long as these movies, you know, continue to make a billion dollars or close to it, she's going to be fine. I I mean, you can't really justify getting rid of her no. if the movies end up working. Um the J, you know, as far as JJ the J yeah, the JJ Abrams of it all, a little disappointing in that he would go back to this well. Like I'm glad that they're giving him the chance to finish what he started, but yeah. like where is, like who is JJ Abrams as a filmmaker? 
We've seen Mission Impossible, right? We've yep. seen Star Trek, yeah, uh, one and and two, right? Yep. Uh, or did he do two? I don't even. He remember. did do two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Star Wars, mm. and then so the most original movie he's made is Super Eight, which is really just an homage to Spielberg and Amblin movies. Yeah. So like, I wish that J.J. Abrams had been developing something. You know, in this interim between Force Awakens and now, and just, you know, put forth an original movie, because uh, I still am not sure who he is as a storyteller. Well, he started out as doing more original stuff, and then I think he's become, he has been become this reliable safe The stuff on television has been, right, very yeah. original. But... I would like to see, and, and it, you know, not always, you know, success, it's been successful, but not always successful, um, if you understand what I mean. Um some things have worked better than others. Uh, but, I mean, I, I would like to see creative JJ. But there's still this weird thing in Hollywood where I had this conversation with... with I've had it with a number of producers um, at a senior level in the last couple of weeks where they can get frustrated by the fact that Hollywood is desperate for these new ideas and new directors and new fresh creative IPs, yet they're absolutely terrified of these new creative IPs and these new right. creative directors because there is a 50-50 chance that it won't work. JJ has announced a million things that, yeah. that he's yeah, developing yeah. a Bad Robot 2, um, and a lot of them are original properties uh, or, or not you know, based on a really familiar IP. And, you know, why haven't those projects moved forward? You're, it's as you say, you know, studios are afraid to gamble on those original ideas, even with a filmmaker like J.J. Abrams. Um, well, I had this I had this conversation with them, with, with Jason Blum this week, and I was saying, you know, how, what do you feel about it being successful? And it has been a, a monster hit, pardon the pun. Um, and he was saying, well, what's going to happen now? Is Hollywood going to make a slew of horror movies over right. the last... Over the, not obviously because of Split and Get Out, horror's you know, really big again this year. Um, and he's like, that a lot of them are going to be shit, and they're not going to make money. Yeah. And it's and, like, and, he's yeah. like, but you could put that money that you're making into a movie that's going to be shit and isn't going to make money to create something completely new that probably would have more chance of making money but the business is, c is cyclical I yeah mean, when a bunch is. of horror movies yeah. work then 100%. more horror movies get made yeah, and then yeah. there's a higher percentage of movies horror movies that don't work yep. and then it's but we're back to horror's death and whether it's sci-fi we'll take another movie to resurrect know, it. genre spoof movies and stuff like that and we went through a phase of those every you know coming out every couple of months so i mean i would like to see more creative jj but i think he'll probably hopefully um have learnt mistakes from having done the first star wars movie and because there's star wars uh, force awakens and rogue one and then there's other things coming out there's more of a template i think now for where this needs to go but without everyone going you have to protect what we've had previously i mean uh, so so jj's also going to be rewriting the script with chris terrio yeah uh and i think you know they're they, they did push the release date from may to december so they have a little bit more time than people thought that they had yeah they're not under as tight a it's deadline a wise decision chris terrio you know on one hand he's the guy who wrote argo which won best picture and on the other hand he's the guy who wrote batman vs superman mm. um so that was a bit of a polarizing choice i think online yeah uh, I definitely saw some people scratching their heads about uh, Terrio, but you know JJ can't do it all, so you know they have to leave Chris to sort of focus on the script while while JJ preps his vision. So well, like you say, he's got other balls in the air. JJ isn't dropping everything and just doing Star Wars. I mean, it feels like he is. What else is he? God. Well, I mean, he's al he's always got some other things in you know in the background, like you say. I mean, some of the projects that he was attached to, or some things that he have been mooted that he's doing are not killed. No, they're not killed, but they're shifted to the back burner. I, yeah. I think you know he definitely has to focus on on Star Wars starting yeah. immediately. Um, so, so let's just I mean look at the upgrade. So Colin Trevorrow to J.J. Abrams, mm -hmm. this is a good thing for the movie, right? Yeah, you, it is. I think overall it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, for J.J. Abrams again. I don't know why he needs this movie, but I, I like that they're giving him the opportunity to finish what he started. Uh, I think he'll have more room to play. The Lucasfilm story group, like, don't they know where this story is ending? Like, don't they know what episode nine is by now? It seems like a lot of writers, because Jack Thorne was just brought in like a month ago mm. uh, to work on, you know, when Colin Trevorrow was still doing it. Um, I, I think know. I think they have... I think the answer is, is yes and no to that. I think they know where the story is going. I think also they are kind of like a one foot out of the bed where it's like, okay, great. If it's still making money and it's still popular, do we need to end it where we thought we would end it? So I think they've kind of left, they've drawn a map you, of where they want this to are be. Are you suggesting this won't be like a, a self-contained 
not not self-contained, but a, a trilogy essentially that that there could that the story could continue in an episode ten or I think ultimately, if people want to see more Star Wars, if they're still a thirst for Star Wars and the returns are still as big I mean, as Star Wars be, properties, yeah. yeah, they would be churlish. I, I guess they not obviously there's going to be a tenth Star Wars yeah. movie. It's just a matter of you know whether that is continuing the story of Ray and Finn. Uh, you know, the Skywalker saga is expected to end with episode nine. I think they would wrap that up. But Man, I, think I don't what care. I mean, so much I, ultimately, it's, it's, impo- it's, it's all speculation. It's all just opinion. But I think that I think they would find a way of if they decided to end the, the, the Ray Skywalker storyline and they still wanted to go. We've still got some life in this. They will find a way. Life will find a way of of finding new characters or building new characters into that to take it are you aware of the power struggle between abrams and kennedy on the first film no yeah i mean i had always heard that those rumors that that those two you know obviously very strong-headed people uh clashed a bit um and that jj ended up winning in, in shifting star wars uh from may to december he ended up getting that extra time that he was fighting for um and but then he you know he wasn't i just it was my impression that jj abrams took Star Wars The Force Awakens under the impression that he would have a large, a, a big role in the larger Star Wars universe mm. that didn't manifest itself. Like, he hasn't been involved in the spinoffs. You know, I think he's an executive producer on Episode Eight, but that, that was really Ryan's movie. Yeah, uh, He's not, like, a, a full producer, um, and I don't think he was even going to be involved in Episode Nine when, when Colin was doing it, unless, mm. you know, a, a, as an obligatory EP in name only. So I, want, I wonder how Ka- Kathleen sort of convinced him to come back uh, since by all accounts they didn't have the best working relationship, but you know cl- clearly she would is willing to look past all, all those differences yeah. because she needed him. True, but also many times in Hollywood, some of the finest work has come out of people who don't have the best working right. relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, and that it's 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 an alliance that sometimes you have to form right. where you want to make sure that the product that you're putting out that you're responsible for, and if that person that you know is the best man for the job isn't perhaps your favorite guy. You know, to have sometimes just gotta go. J- Listen, shit, I just gotta. You know, JJ is gonna have a lot of leeway here because. But also, JJ Abrams sh- doesn't do anything. JJ Abrams doesn't want to do. He doesn't have to do projects that he doesn't want to do. So there's something here. I'm just the saying, special he's, source. He's got her by the proverbial balls here because he she can't afford for him to leave. You know, that, no. like the, if JJ Abrams were to leave this movie, she would be gone. I yeah I I I put fifty dollars on JJ not going anywhere with this. Yeah, I, I mean would he's not... going to be able to do whatever he wants and, and end it the way he and wants. I'd go even further to say I'll tell you what if I think she likes what she sees when work starts, I would not be surprised if he was announced as a director for another Star Wars project. I I can't imagine he'd want to continue beyond nine. Um, no. Just because now there's people being like, well, when are we going to see an original JJ Abrams movie? Why do you think Ryan didn't come back? Why do you think he wasn't interested? I don't know. I mean, he seems to, from what he was saying socially, um, he seems to have had, you know, a, a, a positive experience. But an exhausting But an one, exhausting I'm sure. thing. All these things are. And, and I think once you've done a project like that, if you realize that I'm very pleased with the way it's gone, I'm very proud of the way it's gone, right. but I don't want to go back and do that again. You, I kind of respect that. Sometimes you're like, I'm, very, I'm glad I did the experience. Right. Even when things go horribly fucking wrong. That- I'm glad I did that. I learned some lessons, putting that to bed, and I'm moving that, on. That is what we discount, is that for us, it's a movie, and for them, it's an experience. It yeah, is two years of their seriously, lives or more. It's difficult making a movie full stop. If you, like you, you know, we've been on movie sets. We've seen how these things go. You know, the politics, the just the minutia of the detail. And can you imagine that ramped up to the level of, like, a Star Wars movie or an Avengers movie or something else that is just well, think of all the energy that's a two and a half year ride think of all the energy we talk, we, we, we spend uh, talking about not just Star Wars but Marvel and DC yeah. and all this shit and then if you're Ryan Johnson all that stuff is just about one movie Star but Wars when, 8 you know when these stories break and when we find out about these things this is this is not day one of a road trip of a movie Day one for people's involvement, discussions, understanding of exactly what the project involved. That started back here. Mm-hmm. We're joining the we're getting in the car about here, kind of a third of the way along. Shit's already intense. R- Ryan seems like the kind of guy who who is, did this movie to have the experience, and and so you know once it proves to be a big hit, 
and by all accounts, it, it's going to be. It looks mm. awesome. Uh, then he'll get back to doing the movies that he wants, the, the smaller films, yeah. the weirder movies. Yeah. J.J. had that opportunity but wasn't interested in it, and he just wants to do the big movies to continue doing big movies, it seems like. Um, do you know what? And if not I was, there's anything wrong with that. No, I mean, if I was J.J. Abrams or any director like that, and someone came to me and said, do you want to do these huge landmark movies that are going to get out in movie history? It's it's difficult to say no to. Sure. So, uh, yeah. Let's, should we move on from Star Wars? Yeah, let's Man, do that. Got, and we're just getting some, some people have mentioned in the chat about a story that's breaking um, on the, the website, Hey You Guys. Um, no. and oh, boy. Yeah. What is this? Well, let me... Let me prefix this uh it's it, their exclusive is that matthew vaughn um confirms talks for the next uh, superman film um so what they're saying is that they have received confirmation that matthew vaughn is in talks with dc about the sequel to man of steel uh it could be a whole new take on the cinematic superman they haven't said where that's come from um they haven't said anything else over and above that They've quoted previous quotes from uh, Vaughn in interviews that they've done. Um, and they they interviewed him for the Golden Circle where um, Vaughn confirmed that they're doing another Kingsman. Um, he has had chats about Superman. He loves Superman. Uh, if somebody asked me to do Indiana Jones, more of the superheroes or Star Wars, the fanboy in me can't help but be excited. So he's confirming that he's had conversations about Superman. <sighs> That does not confirm that he is doing Superman. But as we've said, I'm only addressing this because people have mentioned this. Let me finish. That a lot of people have a lot of conversations about a lot of things in Hollywood. They don't go anywhere. So he's had a chat. He's probably had more than one chat. That does not mean that this is going to go anywhere. That's what we know at the moment. Are these cameras high definition enough to see my eyes rolling? Uh, they almost rolled into the back of my head. I actually got a good look at what's behind me. Okay. Uh, what Superman movie? Let me just ask, let me just no, ask you that. What that's what I'm saying. Superman this is a very, movie. This is a very. There is no Superman movie. This is a well. This, this is doesn't a, exist. It's a very generic conversation about. I, he talks about Star Wars in there. He talks about other things. It's a, it's a generic junket question where you say. Would you do? St- I ask this stuff all the time. Would you do a stuff? Would know, you do a whatever? And so, so, and so, do you know why people ask those questions, Simon? Do you know why people ask those generic questions? Because morons like us fucking talk about it. Why ignore it? It's nonsense. Nonsense. Heyyouguys.com. Hey, I'm sorry. Heyyouguys.com. No, goodbye. Next. Well, that went down well. Next. Uh, so, um, <laughs> we talked about Star Wars. We talked about that. Uh, what would you like to talk about next? Let's talk about it. I want to hear. I want to okay. get like your the box office expert's opinion on it. This okay. is a real thing. This is real, tangible money. One hundred and twenty-three was it? Uh, it was one hundred and twenty-three at the weekend. Uh, it was it, original. It was like one hundred and seventeen. Then they upped it. Obviously, um, ten day take. Uh, domestic is uh, one hundred and fifty-eight point seven million. Globally, two hundred and ten million. It's done well. You could say that. It has done well. It exceeded my wildest expectations. It exceeded everybody's wildest expectations. Tracking had this thing at 40 at first. It crept up to as high as 80 and went to 120, which goes to show you how fucking worthless tracking is. I don't even know why studios bother paying for the service. It's absurd. It is toilet paper. It's fairy dust tracking. It's garbage. Uh, $123 Hats off to to Warner Brothers and New Line. I, I wish they'd made a better movie. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. I think it had a lot of problems. What did you think? Uh, I, I really liked the movie. Um, I also think it had uh, it had flaws. It had problems. Um, I What I really liked with what they'd done with it was it wasn't an out-and-out horror movie. The best part of the movie for me was the relationship with the kids and the drama. And I loved for the sure. way they handled the humor. I thought the way they did Pennywise was brilliant and I thought absolutely delivered. And I like the fact that they were quite um, um, confined in their scares. It wasn't like, uh, 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 jump. Uh, uh. It, it wasn't a, a, a crowd piece of horror. It, was a, it had a brain, um, but I thought it was a little bit overlong. Um, Two hours and 15 minutes? Yeah, I thought it was for, a little bit overlong. For half um, the, it, the original three-hour miniseries? that they did in it that they didn't really answer. It's like one of the things that still bugged me, and I had a conversation with someone about this this week, is... Um, 
if you haven't seen it. You've seen it. And there's 123 million people who have seen it. There's no spoiler alert. Towards the end, when the floating kids are coming down, they're all going down. What the fuck happened? Exactly. Are you know? So are they, they just still leave missing? Are the bodies there? there? The bodies did haven't aged or decomposed? Tell the cops. Did what happened? It wasn't thought out. It was the answer. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, but I mean, I I'm. It left me. It left me really looking forward to the sequel. Me too. Or the second part. I'll but it also left me feeling that if that was it, I'd still be okay. Because I like the way that it, it kind of ended. Um, not with the little sort of tags on it. I mean, I, I really like the movie. I would go and watch it again. Um, I know a lot of people who aren't into horror who've gone and seen it and they've really enjoyed it. And I know people who've gone to see it more than once. Um I really like one thing. I and I've, I've had this conversation with you previously. I really like the fact that the the majority of the cast were not known names. Oh yeah, the cast is great. The cast is uniformly great. So you watched the movie. You weren't watching well known actors playing a role, and I think that is something that they should uh, look at. Everybody's doing think pieces this week um, online about um, who who do we know out there acting currently who should play the adults. I say. Hollywood probably doesn't give a shit what I say, but I say use unknown and up and coming with one or two quite well-known names in there as well for the sequel because this is proof that if you make a good movie and it's now a strong IP, a very strong IP for Warner, it's the film that will sell itself. You don't have to have the distraction of some huge names like Amy Adams, Chris Pratt, someone like that. I 100% agree with you. Do that and it also maintains that authentic feel natural thing and i think you'll have better chemistry better dynamics but you'll have actors but they won't be acting with a capital a and you're not then following on what are you you know what that is glory hole that is the zero percent chance that they're going to oh, listen to us no i no, I, <laughs> the, 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 the sequel is going to be Jeff, stacked i am, I am yeah. under no illusion <laughs> i i know warner brothers i know sits, uh, they're in burbank just around the corner from here and going like oh what did Jeff and Simon think? I don't. I don't believe that for hey, one th- second. There are but, some studios that do that. Well, uh, <laughs> I have an ear at Warner, so perhaps I can have a little word. Uh, but I no, I just think that they should do that. But it's you're right. Fantastic you're response right. this the, week. The, the, really, se- really the sequel uh, is going to be stacked for me. Can I also just say, for the, I'll address the camera for this. The people in Hollywood who say the horror doesn't sell. Just saying. This year, we've had some very strong horror movies that have done very well at the box office. I'm just curious. If you do good (laughs) horror movies, people will watch them. Except this movie wasn't scary. I don't even know why we're calling it a horror movie. It wasn't scary at all. Even the people who liked this movie thought it wasn't scary. Would I... Warner Brothers marketing department is so good Mm. that it creates such high expectations the movies can't possibly meet them. I didn't think it was scary with a capital S. There were moments that I was like, oh, uh, you know, nice little shocks. It made me tingle with fear, but not scared. Let's, let, let's talk about some so, specifics. Okay. So, so you you loved Pennywise. Yeah. Do you prefer Bill Skarsgård to Tim Curry? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I don't prefer one to the other because I think the two interpretations of Pennywise are both very different. And I I like, but I it's a bit on the fence, but I really like both of them. I really enjoyed the the darker elements of the new one but i still like the sinister elements of tim curry's i'll be honest i, I didn't think this kid bill scratchgard could touch tim curry no ah, see i um, i see, also I, thought I, I also thought the makeup made him look like fucking the cat in the hat you didn't think he looked like I Mike Myers? You don't fuck the cat in the cat. The, the the cat in the hat he looks just like mike myers in that I, movie I, okay that or did. the grinch I, I did not like the yeah. makeup uh, who was your favorite kid? I don't. I really liked. There's like two answers to this question. I really liked the girl. Girl, girl was very good. I thought she was excellent. She was good. Yeah, she was very good. I, I, I like her. She's gonna be a big star. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to have gotten an interview with her. Warner, Warner a, Brothers. A lot of present. Well, I also tried to get um, some time with the guys. I'm like, no. But there you go. Um, uh, I loved uh, the hypochondriac who looks who remind me of like a young Rob Lowe. Yeah. His mum reminded me of a character that John Waters would put in one of his yeah. movies. I was like, holy shit, if Divine was alive now. I, I thought I that, that kid was great, and I loved uh, the fat kid. I loved Ben. Yeah. Um, the mom, can I just say the mom jokes were on point in this movie? Yeah. I love a good mom joke. The, I thought Finn Wolfhard's character, was Richie, was a little obnoxious, uh, a little one note. Um, but that is what I remember at age 13 was just making mom jokes nonstop. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, to me, the problem with it is that it's just a collection of scenes. I thought it was pretty poorly written. It's just, kid, you know, it's it's, it's like another critic said, where you're like watching TV and flipping the channel, and here's Ben's uh, program, and Ben hears something, and then there's a noise, and he goes to investigate, and there's the clown, and click, next channel, repeat, do the exact same thing with the next mm. character, click, do it again, click, do it again. It's just, I thought it was not good writing at all. Yeah, I mean... Like, the first scene is so good. Did you like that first yeah, scene? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And it's slow, and it takes its time, mm. and it's quieter. I thought it was full of fucking loud noise. It was so loud. The jumps, it was full of jump scares. This is the New Line way. That's why I don't like the Conjuring movies. It's the same fucking thing as the Conjuring movie. This was... This was cons- Considerably better than a Conjuring Two. These kids were stuck inside. But do you know a what? Movie. Do you know what? There's a there's a large part of the audience who just want to go there and jump, 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 jump. You know, ladies have a little bit of wine before they go in for a girls' night. They want to just... go scared. Guys want to go in and have scares. That's. Let's talk about the black kid, Mike. Yeah. Ha, ha, this is. I'm actually going to be talking to him tonight. 27, yeah. 2017. How do you do this? How do you have? Listen, we're gonna we're gonna take this black kid. We're gonna shoehorn him into the movie. Yeah. He's gonna have almost no lines. He's gonna have almost nothing to do. His story function in the book is taken away and given to Ben. Like, I, I was like, if you're if you're gonna do this with your black character and marginalize him to the extent that you have, you might as well not include him at all. I can't believe that they did this to this poor kid. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I love how they made the Jew the Jew the pussy. Like, what is? I thought, I thought this movie was pretty fucking overrated. I can't believe some of the my colleagues who flip for this thing, people in the horror community whose whose taste I respect. Like, it's just basic story function. It's just like this is not how you make a movie. I I learned this in film school, uh, but it made one hundred twenty three million dollars, so they don't give a fuck. Yeah, basically. I mean, I came out. I, I just, I, I just came out feeling very. I came out feeling very satisfied. Mm. I was very concerned that we would have seen the, too much in the trailers and stuff. And actually, I was like, actually, there's a lot more did, in there. Didn't you think the human characters were scarier, like the the teenager and you know the uh, her father? Yeah, they were both fucking scarier yeah. than the fucking clown. Meanwhile, oh, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say scarier than the clown. I'd be. I'd be way One more. One thing terrified I did have a problem with was, was when Pennywise jumps out of the 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 the, the, the coffin and yeah. lands on the top. And goes beep beep. That it doesn't give it context in the movie. That's more of a catchphrase here, unfortunately. And I was like, you didn't contextualize beep beep. <laughs> so what? Can we amuse we amuse the guys in the control room. No, I was about to say I completely agree with you. Yeah, because that was uh, something that they did in the uh, the original 1990s yeah. version, where like beep beep was meant to shut up Richie because he talked too much. Yeah, yeah. And this one, it's only the clown that says it, and there's no context to it, and it's only a callback if you know the last movie. Like, exactly, or you've read the book. Right. Meanwhile, how many times can a child get hit in the head with a fucking rock in this movie? Kids a are lot. getting bashed over the heads with rocks. They're having rock wars. This is kids die doing this. I hope kids go out and and start throwing rocks at each other. And there's a huge controversy about how it inspired this. I mean, y- this is like one a fucking cartoon. One thing around it, you're talking about controversy around the film. One thing I'm not buying is all these clowns going like, "Oh, you're ruining my career." I'm like, mm, no. I just wanted a better it, movie. It was this around was... before you started being a clown, middle-aged man, which is creepy, by the uh, way. I, I listen. I, I knew this movie wouldn't be that good as soon as I went through the it experience. The it experience in Hollywood was poor. <laughs> it was great to from the say outside. The we, least. we did it together. There's I a know. photo of us. That was a you know bromantic night out walking in Hollywood the set. for the two of us. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just frustrated, yeah. man. I was so looking forward to it. it, it, it the it food was good. One though. of my it was amazing. Yeah. The tacos were fantastic. That, that guy should be at every premiere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I listen. It's yeah. not it's not the worst movie I've seen all year. No. but I was fucking disappointed. I was disappointed. Well, it's it's it did seven point two million last night. It's um, doing amazing numbers, and it's looking at doing another fifty Kids million are going this, to this weekend. Parents are taking children too. Good. They're taking their eight year olds. No, I don't mean good. Yeah, no, I hate Let's... kids. I, I I saw a kids movie uh, this week, uh, the Lego Nin- Ninjago movie. Um, and it just confirmed the fact that I just hate screenings with children. In I'm sorry, I'm not a parent. I love the children that are in my life. I, I, I adore them, 
but I don't want to. We spent a lot of time on them. Star Wars Knit. We got we yeah. got to keep it moving. Okay, cool. Let's talk about another uh, horror franchise, okay. Halloween. You yeah. spoke to Jason Blum, I as did. you said. Yeah. Uh, tell me some of the, the things that you guys talked about. Uh, well, to give it context, there's uh, the Halloween Horror Nights kicks off at Universal um, in Orlando and Hollywood tonight. Uh, and Jason has teamed up with um, John Murdy, who's the creative director of Halloween Horror Nights, to do a number of attractions there this year. One of them. Um, is the uh, the horrors of Blumhouse? So it's like a it, it's themed after the ones in LA and Hollywood are completely different, um, similar films. But the one in LA has Insidious, uh, the new film Happy Death Day, um, and and some of the the other films, uh, the Purge and stuff are involved as well. So I sat down with him. I got a fifteen minute chat with him inside this house, which is pretty cool. Um, and obviously we talked about the industry, we talked about the success of Get Out, the success of Split. Um, and at the end, I, I had a couple of minutes to ask him about projects that they are working on. Uh, two of the ones that I was perhaps most interested in were Halloween and Spawn. Um, he's very excited about the Spawn uh, reboot. Um, he's had quite a few positive things to say about that. Um, Halloween, though, I asked if these two films, he's looking at them as as franchises or reinvigorating a franchise. And are you looking at it as a two or three film? So at the moment, when they're looking at Halloween um, and Spawn, they're looking at both of those properties as standalone films. And then if it works out, they will then see what they can pick up from the film and take it forward. But they're not looking at Halloween especially as a, oh, we can't do this because it means if we do a sequel, then it'll stop us being able to do that. And so Halloween, um, it's looking like it's going to be a standalone. I would not be surprised if they then turn around after it's successful and say, yes, we are doing a second or a third. We're going to make it a trilogy. That would not surprise me. Um, and they do have a bit of a golden touch for this kind of thing. But yeah, so he's looking at Halloween and Spawn as, um, as standalone movies. If you want to read the whole interview, it is up on Forbes. Uh, if you go to Forbes and search Simon Thompson or Jason Bloom, um, you will, um, you'll be able to do that. And I'm chatting to him um, tonight as well. Um, uh, uh, Winnell, I'm talking to Tobin Bell and people from the Chucky movies and stuff like that. But yeah, so that's, um, that's from Jason. Uh, cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's surprising to me uh, about the Halloween. I, yeah. I mean, I think, listen, if this movie is successful, it's going to have a sequel. Um, I think that's kind of inevitable. But, but, the- but I do, I, listen, I like that approach, and I like that Jason is even just saying it. Even if he knows we already have sequels in mind for this, I like that he's not getting ahead of himself. Yeah. And just saying, like, it, it's the one movie for now, uh, because I hate when people come out and say, we're going to do nine movies of this, and, like, Power Rangers, and uh, well, yeah, well, also a Jason, few other ones. I mean, I don't know if you've, you've sort of spoken to him or done interviews with him. He's... I, I worked for him. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So you know that he's kind of... You can tell when he's saying something that seems genuinely true and when something that seems like it's just being said to, to cover something up. And from my experiences with him, sitting down and talking to him, at the moment, I think this is, is completely authentic. So we'll see. And he guaranteed as well, too, I think it was um, the rap that he spoke to uh, this week and said that the film is definitely, the Halloween movie is definitely coming out um, when he said it would. It's going to be by um, this time next year. So that is on track, which was good. Like he said, if, if it's not out, he's going to cut his head off, which is uh, slightly extreme. Speaking of cutting heads off, yeah. I'm ready to cut some producers' heads off right now. Okay. Um, unfucking believable these people in Hollywood is. Unfucking believable. Oh. Uh, Good email, right. I'm guessing. Yeah, really. So, what else would you like to talk fucking about? Fucking monsters. Uh, whew. Daniel Day Kim mm. replacing Ed Scrine yeah. on the Hellboy movie. By the way, first photo of Hellboy, and I know I've been talking shit about this movie for weeks, uh, looked pretty fucking badass. Yeah. Didn't look like David Harbour at all. It actually looked exactly like Ron Perlman. He looked the but exact taller. same. Yeah, he looked skinnier. Looked- uh, so so listen, Hellboy first look was pretty cool. It went over yeah. well. Daniel Daniel Day Kim is an actor I've always liked uh, ever since Lost, and yeah. I'm glad that he is getting cast in a big high profile movie like this. Mm. Did we talk about the Ed, what, we didn't talk about the Ed Scrine thing? Uh, we did. That was one of the last or things we, that we oh, yeah okay. we, we 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 covered. I think this is the right the right move to do, and everybody seems to be yeah. very keen. And, and he's a very popular guy. And Daniel gave him credit too. Yeah, uh, and he and he's a big star. And and, and Daniel Day Kim also. Uh, you know, sort of did the right thing in, in walking away from uh, Hawaii Five O, right? Over the they wouldn't pay be they wouldn't pay him equally. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of interesting. He moved from sort of, you know, the guy who's leaving to the guy who's coming in for the guy who's leaving. Yeah. In two separate uh, controversies. Um. But yeah, good. You know, this is good for the Hellboy movie. Yeah. I think he's a better actor than Ed Scrine too. So. Uh. Yes. I think. That is fair. Uh. Spike Lee and Jordan Peele getting together on a Black Klansman movie. As yeah. you know. Jordan Peele, super cool. Spike Lee, I love the, the idea that these two guys are working together. 
coolest part of this announcement for me was John David Washington. Big fan of that guy on, on Ballers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I wish they actually gave him more to do on Ballers. I feel like he was better the first two seasons of the show. Uh, but this is Denzel's son, and he's very talented. So I think that this could be pretty cool for for him. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I I just like the idea. We we're talking obviously about you know other movies that, that Spike Lee had been linked to. You were talking about was it Nights uh, Night Watch? Uh, yes. The other week, yeah, yes, yes. I I think this you know is is going to be a more interesting product because I think both of them have got great sensibilities for this type of contact but i think they're coming at it from slightly different ways it's a good story it's a great story and i think also the two minds together i think will be actually create something that's really interesting and different um yes uh wishing all those guys the best of luck on that project hopefully it comes together quickly did you hear about mike myers this week mike myers uh yeah i heard that that story was uh very, very overblown and that he's making a cameo yeah you know. It's kind of fun, uh, though, isn't it? It is. It, it is a cute little nod. If uh, it works, it'll be great. If it doesn't, it'll be Ghostbusters. Right. Uh, Mike Myers, you know, sort of introduced uh, the Queen song Bohemian Rhapsody to a new generation mm-hmm. in Wayne's world. And so uh, Brian Singer and Queen threw him a cameo in the uh, new Freddie Mercury movie. That first shot, by the way, of, R- of Rami Malek as Mercury looks great. Strong. Yeah. Really good. Uh, you know, Brian Singer, not my favorite director these days, but... Man, he used to he used to be great, and I'd sure love to see him deliver another great movie. Yeah, he 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 is capable of it. Um, he just lost his way in, in blockbuster land. Yeah. Uh, speaking of blockbusters, Night at the Museum. I heard that there's not going to be any more of those. No, I did. Um, I, I did a piece. Uh, it, it was originally to do with Stranger Things ahead of the uh, the Emmys this week because obviously it's up for uh, eighteen nominations this weekend, eighteen um, awards. Uh, so I sat down with um, with Sean Levy for Forbes over at Twenty One Laps. Um, <laughs> And you know, I had to talk about, you know, the movies and stuff like that. Night at the Museum, hugely successful franchise for him. Um, I asked him if, you know, the last one was not as successful as they would have hoped. They were declining um, box office over the three films. Um, uh, he's not doing another Night at the Museum movie. Uh, what they are doing is developing spin-offs from that in various formats, platforms, um, and countries. But he has said that even though he's not going to touch it, he's just not interested in it at all. He said if someone came to him in 10 years, like a young, hot filmmaker, and was like, I want to either take the franchise up or reboot it he'd be like i'm open for that but i don't want to do it i want to not have my hands on that one um so yeah if you want to if you want to check out that full interview and um, there's lots of interesting stuff in there actually about other projects that he's working on we touched on it on the show last week um again go to forbes and search um sean levy or simon thompson and you'll you'll find all of those <laughs> uh john wick 3 got a release date yesterday yes. uh now coming in may 2019 mm-hmm. moving in with the big boys of summer uh the first one opened in, in october second movie was in february uh when things are a little bit lighter this one's in may there'll be a lot of competition uh but john wick has proven he can handle his shit so he's a it's ve- i mean it's not the biggest blockbuster season but i think he, he you know he has a strong audience and it's grown so i think john wick 3 could be i'm i like I love action movies. Good, just balls-to-the-wall, ass-kicking action movies. Yep. John Wick delivers that and delivers good characters. So but I'm genuinely really looking John Wick to is this. actually the, the kind of movie that uh, the Jeff Snyder you all know and love would typically shit all over. Uh, <laughs> but, but I actually loved it. I love the John Wick franchise. Chapter, chapter 2 was, ter- was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to chapter three, you know, something like Atomic Blonde wanted to be like a John Wick, but it got bogged down with all this story. Like mm. if you're just, if you're looking to just deliver thrills just and hard hitting action. Yeah. Fu- f- give me like Don't. a bare bones story. Don't fucking overcomplicate it. Um, Do you know what, uh, good film that did that? What? Expendables. <laughs> Next. <laughs> uh, it's. A, I think we're all assuming that that Chad Stahelski is going to return. He did the the second movie on his own. Um, yeah. Uh, but well, when I, I spoke to him at, at John Wick Two um, a, a couple of months ago uh, at the, the premiere in Hollywood, and uh, and he'd already you know he'd pretty much claimed that as as his, and he was throwing ideas around and putting stuff together and talking to people. So yeah, I would be amazed if he hands that off. I'm just saying, I I, I would be surprised if he wasn't offered a bigger project between now and then. Um, yeah. Maybe he wants to see it through with I Keanu. think he does. That's I, I the feeling I get from talking to him. It's like if they come at him for like Fast 9, how does he say no? And then John Wick 3 is open. Uh, and, you know, I, I was just 
throwing out names yesterday where, where like I, obviously mm-hmm. I'd love to see Gareth Evans you know just yes. do, do a movie like this with Keanu uh also uh Ilya Nashuler who did Hardcore is mm-hmm. still waiting for his next thing yeah. um I, I love the energy in that movie and then have you seen the trailer for this uh film uh The Villainous no I haven't check out the trailer for The Villainous after the show um it's it's billed as the action movie of the year and it looks pretty fucking crazy right, cool um bunch of trailers broke the, uh, came out this week. All the Money in the World trailer. Yes. Did you think that looked good? Uh, I haven't watched it, to be honest with you. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's about the uh, uh, J. Paul Getty kidnapping that yep. Danny Boyle's turning into a series. Um, Kevin this Spacey. This one is with Kevin, Kevin Spacey, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and Michelle Williams. Yep. I thought it looked pretty good. I think I think it'll be nice to see a Ridley Scott movie without a lot of you know CGI and aliens and all that garbage. No, absolutely. I'm just um, agree with that. Uh, so All the Money in the World could be an Oscar player. We'll see about that. It is a great story. Did you watch the Red Sparrow trailer? Uh, no. I haven't watched any trailers this week. Okay. Not Simon, even the, uh, Simon 50, is a busy Shades. man. Well, I, I just unfortunately was this week. Uh, I, I heard you had, I thought, I thought you had a cameo in Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, I do. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm due to glory hole. <laughs> due to That's glory me. hole. Yeah. Uh, did you see Mother? I had the choice and the chance to go and see Mother this week, uh, but I was heading down to Carlsbad to produce the um, Ninjago movie junket for, for E! yesterday, so I couldn't make it. Um, I am actually going to go and see that with an audience. I decided to make the choice because I didn't want to watch it with press. I want to see what normal people make of it. Normal people are going to burn down the theater. <laughs> this movie is going to get a, a, a G cinema score. Something lower than an F. Oh. Like, I can't wait for Jennifer Lawrence's fans to see this movie and some of and his lose movies I love and some of them I I hate. So I just wanna... which ones do you hate? I'm curious because I had I a conversation like last Black night. Swan, really? I you didn't like Black no, Swan? I didn't like Black Swan. Wow, I did not like that at all. Okay, everybody hyped that movie so much, and I waited until the hype was over. I did not know this about and I watched. You. I just didn't like it. Um, people mo- mo- usually shit on Noah, which I defend. Uh, I actually enjoyed Noah, that, but that's the Aronofsky movie that, that yeah. gets killed. I don't think Darren has made a bad movie until now. I think this movie is awful. Uh, so I saw. Did they use that on the poster? T- <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> with the, with the marketing for this movie, they just awful might. five stars. I saw twenty movies in Toronto, twenty movies, uh, and this was number twenty. Wow. <laughs> What a way I, to finish! I, I, I it was, and, I, and it wasn't that it was unwatchable because I, uh, I, I mean, I'm at number twenty in the rankings. Sorry, it's not like I closed the festival with that. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, it was the worst movie I saw. I'd give it a D. Um, it, it was just insane. I think Darren's lost his mind, uh, and I wasn't a big fan of Jennifer Lawrence in this movie either. The only person I was interested in was Michelle Pfeiffer. So uh, I see Mother this weekend if you dare. Don't read anything about it. Yeah. Uh, and then come back and let us know your thoughts in the comment section next I week. I just kind of like the fact that it's it, th- this film is like reading Yelp reviews for a restaurant where everything is either the, the best thing that you've ever eaten uh, or it's like like the devil's shat in your mouth. It's like there's nothing really in between. I, I find this film in, indefensible. I don't know what critic could possibly go to bat for this movie. It is, it is ludicrous. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. So let's talk about Toronto. Yes. What did you see? Okay. Well, I'll run you down the list. Okay. We've got about eight minutes left in the show. Best movie I saw, far and away, I think, um, was probably Call Me By Your Name. Okay. You're familiar with that one? Yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, the Army Hammer, Timothy Chalamet, uh, gay romance in Italy film was was heartbreaking. It was terrific. Um, the Disaster Artist, which I caught mm-hmm. at a midnight screening. Uh, it was a miracle that I got into that screening. I'm think, really looking forward to I that. I think I would have a different reaction if I saw it in the P&I with a bunch of critics, but being there at midnight with that crowd, it was an amazing screening. I'll, I'll never forget it. Uh, and I thought the movie was hilarious. And, it, you know, it, it really is a movie about friendship uh, between Tommy Wiseau and, mm. and Greg Sestero, who are still friends today. Um, and a lot of, you know, the Franco Rogan movies are about friendship. Superbad, Pineapple Express, you know, James Franco is a lonely dealer who just wants a friend in that movie. Yep. This is the end. is about the friendship between Seth Rogen and Jay Baruchel. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I really like the, the disaster artist, I, Tanya. Uh, the Tanya Harding movie, yep. Simon. Now, were you, are you were you very familiar, like... You 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 were living in in, in England in, in the UK, uh, yeah, right. uh, yeah. I mean, I was aware of it, but then again, I'm I'm not really your. I shouldn't be your normal barometer of of people outside of the US knowing okay. about the story because I've always been fascinated by America, American culture, etc., okay. etc. So I've always been up on news, so I I knew about this story. It was a big story in the UK, 
but a lot of people will probably have forgotten. I was just—I was talking to this Canadian girl uh, at the festival, and mm. she was like, I, "I don't even know who Tanya Harding is," uh, and she's like, "Our, you know, my age or whatever." Um, uh, so mm. I, w- I was surprised. I was like, "Is this really just an American thing?" Um, but yeah, it's, it's you know, does in, that it, affect how you in, how you enjoy the movie though, or how you? I think embrace it. I think it would actually, you know, because every, most people I know are going to enter this movie with with preconceived ideas of, about who Tanya mm. Harding is. Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought I, the movie was not what I was expecting. It's, it is a dark comedy. Um, it, it, to me, it, it really reminded me of Goodfellas. It felt like a female Goodfellas. Wow. Uh, I thought Margot Robbie. Oh would... my God! They've made an all women Goodfellas. Shit. Uh, it's, it's nothing to do with the mob, but um. And a bit, you know, there's a bit of like Logan Lucky in there, like these bubbling criminals. But Margot's fantastic, and Alice and Janney, wow, she's getting an Oscar nomination. As long as this movie comes out this year, um, and that sold for five million to Neon and Thirty West. And there was a lot of talk about you know how this that sale went down because CBS yep. Films made an offer for six million before the festival, and they turned it down. So they actually cost their investors a million dollars. Netflix chased this thing hard to the mm. tune of about ten or twelve million, but they really wanted a, a theatrical release. Number one, right? And Netflix does do the occasional theatrical release. They did one for Beasts and Donation. They're doing one for Mudbound and likely for Bright as well, uh, I believe. But um, you know the way that Netflix, you know, publicizes their movies and that shit—it just everything gets lost in the shuffle. And some you can't even find the fucking movie on the service. So yeah. I understand not wanting to get Netflix lumped in with that. Netflix is horrible to navigate. Seriously, I have found so yeah. many things buried in there that are not easily accessible. Right? It's like it's like trying to do the fucking Rubik's cube. I'm telling you, and I know why they wouldn't want to do this, but there needs to be a backstop to the menu so that you, yeah. you know you scroll left and then you hit the end. You know, and you know where you started because it just keeps going in mm. both directions. Uh, A24 had an amazing festival. Uh, Question on sales, though. Um, Xenoware is asking, did Bodied get sold yet? Seems no. perfect for no, Netflix. No, it has no. And, okay. I re- and I think it could end up going to Bodied uh, to Netflix. I thought I had a great time at Bodied. Yeah. Really good start to the Midnight Program, which is in the hands of a new programmer this year, Peter Koplowski, uh, who, who acquitted himself very well between Bodied and Disaster Artist. And Brawl and Cell Block 99, yeah. the Vince Vaughn movie. Oh, my God. I love the trailer for that. Yeah, it looks it's, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. That is a real uh, midnight movie. Um, A24 had movies like The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which was very divisive. Uh, yeah. my, my New York editor, Ed Douglas, hated it and walked out. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, the Florida Project, which yeah. was getting a lot of Best Picture buzz along with Lady Bird. I thought Lady Bird was really good. Um, and it looks like it'll be a Globes contender, but to me, it felt like more like an indie spirit thing than an Oscar thing. It okay. came out of Toronto with a lot of Best Picture buzz, and I, I just, I'm not sure I see that one. Uh, Three Billboards was a yeah. lot of well, a lot of fun. Francis really McDormand and Sam well. Rockwell was terrific. Yeah. Um, the Shape of Water uh, didn't disappoint. Good. The new Guillermo del Toro movie. Another one I'm excited about. And I loved Richard Jenkins in that film. Cool. Uh, Molly's Game, strong di- directorial debut from Aaron Sorkin. Yep. Uh, with a great turn from Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. Uh, ne- next, we're moving into the OK movies, which were okay. uh, pro- you know a bit, a bit problematic. Uh, Roman J. Israel with mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, uh, a great character. He could certainly get nominated, but the story goes off the rails in the third act, and, right. a, and a lot of people had, had problems with that movie. Uh, Battle of the Sexes, the Emma Stone-Steve mm-hmm. Carell movie, just to me felt like an HBO sort of thing. It felt The direction felt flat. Can yeah. I just say, I think that's a terrible title for a movie. Battle of the Sexes? It sounds like a rom-com. Whenever, well, the first time I heard that, yeah, I just guess. to me sounded a little bit like a But it was like a real a thing. That's what it was really yeah, called. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that the audience, people who know Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs and, and you know, watch this mm-hmm. in real life, they're going to know what Battle of the Sexes yeah. means. Um, was... uh, Hostels, the new Scott Cooper movie with Christian yep. Bale. Very slow, very somber, very violent. Uh, I don't think it's $50 million, too. I don't know how the investors are going to recoup their money on that. There's, there's just no audience for this. Uh, I love you, Daddy. This Louis C.K. movie was mm. pretty controversial, uh, addressing, uh, you know, it seemed like he was taking on the Woody Allen situation, um, and you know, Louis has dealt with allegations of his own. And then there was the param- the three Paramount movies, Mother, which I thought was the worst thing I saw, Suburbicon, yep. which was very average, the George Clooney movie with Matt Damon, and another uh, Matt Damon coming up short movie, Downsizing, which was. Uh, Awful. Alexander okay. Payne. Awful. And I walked out of one movie. Uh, I won't reveal the name of that movie, but, uh, you know, I, I tweeted that I was going to it, and then you didn't hear anything from <laughs> me about it. So, Can I ask you, did you see um, Stronger? No, I, I refused to see it, actually. Okay. I, I, I just felt 
like I, you know, you and I know Gary Michael Walters. Yeah. Um, I had a, a wonderful lunch with him. We had a great talk about Stronger uh, and about Bold. And then when it came time to deal with the publicists, nothing. I wasn't invited to see the movie before the festival. Uh, they didn't really go out of their way to, you know, get me tickets at the festival. So I'll fucking pay to see Stronger uh, when I can. And But otherwise, f- fuck it. Can, can I just say, do. Do pay to see it. Yeah, um, I'm going I, to. It's a Boston Marathon movie. I'm, yeah. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, I love I, him. I, I, I actually interviewed the producers um, at, their, at their office over um, on the Disney lot a mm-hmm. uh, week before last. Um, it, uh, the interview is going to be going up on Forbes next week. Stronger, seriously, I would be amazed if the lead cast in that and the director don't receive Oscar nominations. It, it, seriously, it. There's no, dis- there's no Oscar buzz for David Gordon Green. Zero. But it's a, it's a phenomenal film. I absolutely love it. It's, one of my, it's in my top three films of the year. I, it's, um, and Jake I can't wait is to see it. Remarkable. I, I wish we could have a conversation about yeah. it right now. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, Miranda Richardson, fr- fr- frank- frankly, flawless. frankly disgusted how I how I've been treated by the bold publicity team. So that's that. Okay. Uh, what else? Anything else? Uh, let's just go over the rest of the box office uh, for the weekend. Yes, we talked about American it. Assassins coming out. Yeah, so that was seven point two million last night. Thursday, it's looking at fifty million this weekend. Mother, uh, seven hundred thousand on Thursday previews. Weekend is looking at about eleven million. Uh, had a budget of thirty three million. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Um, American Assassin, another film that actually it's done okay on Thursday. Nine hundred fifteen thousand. Um, the weekend is looking at twelve to fifteen. It's going to dominate this weekend, hands down, regardless. So no one was going to touch that budget of 30 million for American Assassin. A film I'm curious about, it seems to be pulling in an audience. I don't know how big that audience is going to be. There doesn't seem to be the excitement and buzz when the trailer hit. Everyone's like, this looks like a really good action movie. It just seems to have lost momentum a bit. Uh, I will probably, I might try and see that. I had no screening offers for that one, um, which is a shame. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, But yeah, so that'll do okay. It'll be an okay box office, but it's really going to belong to it again this weekend. Uh, yeah, so I think that'll probably do it for this week's yeah. show. We got to wrap up. Mm. Um, but uh, I definitely want to check out American Assassin. Yeah, so uh, hopefully we'll. But talk we about can do that another mandate. Yeah, we'll just like hang out hey. together. Hey, huh? That would yeah, be, be nice. Buddy. Yeah. Get some tacos. Let's do that. Uh, all right, Simon. Where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on social media at Showbiz Simon, Instagram and Twitter. I have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, you can also read my interviews on Forbes. Check out my Jason Blum uh, and my Sean Levy, and also with the producers uh, from Mandalay next week. Uh, and yeah, so uh, so that's where you can find me. Uh, and I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board, tracking-board.com, at the Insider on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for watching the Popcorn Talk Network. Yep. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. And if you like the show, tell people, because we're getting some really great reviews right now. People are saying the show is highly you know, underrated and how they love the interaction between us, um, even when you're a grumpy pants, um, which people find quite endearing. But yeah, no. I'm just telling you guys like it is. You want to listen to a podcast 100%. that blows every fucking Hollywood movie and everything's the greatest thing ever. Go fucking listen to it. This is why you love it. This is the dynamic that you love. If you like Absurd. it, tell everybody, spread the word. We really, really appreciate it. See you next week. Have a good weekend. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the from online broadcast Maria network Menounos, for movie Kevin Undergaro, Phil and the entire the Popcorn Talk, Talk Network. Yeah, we would like to thank you for tuning team. in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.